Chiropractors, are you ready to get out of the cubby hole? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. I'm Dr. Michael Perush, joined with my co-host, Dr. Troy Fox. Troy, this is a piggyback on the last podcast we did where we were talking about how chiropractors accidentally inadvertently, mm-hmm. inadvertently is probably the right word, inadvertently yeah. cubbyhole themselves and lose their authority with patients and wind up becoming, instead of chiropractic physicians, we wind up becoming chiropractic technicians. So we yes. want to, we want to put the right shun into back into practice, if you will. So this week we told everybody we would come up with some solutions for them. If they're in that cubbyhole situation with some patients or all of their patients in practice, don't panic. We're going to help you out of the, we're going to help you out of the hole, so to speak. So yeah, you and I have come up with a whole list of just really simple places to start mm-hmm. on this. So I'm going to let you jump on the first one and just, yeah, so let's just dive into these. Yeah. So we've got a four piece that's, we made it simple. Just, so four steps. So if you're writing them down, this is number one. Okay. Here's how you do it. Right at the beginning, because all of you have practice members that have been around for a while and you have new people that are entering your practice, right? Step number one, and we'll get to actually something that probably preempts that step at the bottom, but we'll enter that at the very end. We'll talk about kind of it's it's the bow on top. Mm -hmm. All current or all new patients that are coming in, get an exam. No questions asked. If you're not doing exams on patients, you're going to start today. You're going to start doing re-exams after six visits. Yep. You're going to you're going to also with any current patients that are in the system right now, you're going to go back and review x-rays. So all those patients that are coming in, any x-rays that you have, let's say you took a scoliosis series on a patient. When is that supposed to be repeated? Look at those, right? Find out what needs to be done. So those are what you're doing. And then you're going to follow up exam with patients as well. So in other words, re-exams, new patient exams. And if a patient's been under care <laughs> and we're doing a re-examination at the end of care to determine a new course of care, or where do we go from here kind of thing, um, we're going to follow through with all those right at the beginning. And here's what's great about that. Your new patient's coming in the door. They, they don't no know any idea. different. Yeah. They don't now know any you're different. Doing, now you're doing what it, what you what you should have been doing. And I'm not impugning you. I'm just saying, if you're going to get right. back on track, there's a great place to start. So we're going to start with that. That's number one. What's number two, Mike? <clears throat> number two is every patient that is already coming in, is it mm-hmm. time for a progress exam? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you haven't done a progress exam in a while, you have cause mm-hmm. to do a progress exam and you tell the patient, if it's been a while, you tell the patient, Hey, we need to do a follow-up exam on this. Insurance requires us to prove medical necessity. Our malpractice company wants us to be doing these, but most importantly, we want to make sure that we're proving medical necessity so you can use your insurance benefits. If it's a cash patient, it's still kind of the same story. Hey, the the process of delivering good care, the confines of good care is we need to do a progress exam and determine and document exactly where you Mm -hmm. are in care so we know how to proceed. It's a super simple conversation. And don't, don't try this conversation cold, practice it a little bit. But it, it's super simple. And then, 
this is something I did anyway in practice. Every patient coming in this week, I had my staff pull their x-ray reports if they had x-rays. And I'd mm-hmm. go through those x-ray reports and I'd look for things that needed to be reevaluated. Oh, this guy has a grade three spondylolisthesis. We did x-rays over a year ago. It's probably time to update these and make sure that's still a grade three or is it had, has it slid to a grade four? You know, what's the stability factor of it? You know, those, right. those are things that those are things that follow the red flag rules on x-rays. So follow mm-hmm. the rules. That's all you're doing. And you tell the patient, you've got this unstable area in the low back. We need to reevaluate it and make sure we still know where it's at. And I love how you're throwing it back on malpractice and insurance because yeah. now, now you're basically saying, hey, this isn't me saying this. This is our industry saying this, yep. which is a true statement. Yep. So it gets you off the hook for anything that you may not have done that you probably should right. have done. Right. So n- next step in this process is having staff meetings and having some written procedures about how you're going to do this. Your staff needs to know. Before we go there, I just thought of one other thing. Okay. Just thought of one other thing. It's just popped in my head. So five points. Annual right. exams. If you haven't, mm-hmm. if you've got patients that you haven't done an exam on in a, in a year or longer, tell them, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's time for your annual exam. And just be, yeah. just be matter of fact about it. They're, they hear that exact same thing from their dentist, their medical doctor, their eye doctor. Every doctor they go to, there's an annual, at least one annual exam. You go to the dentist, mm-hmm. there's two. You go to the eye doctor, there's two. Um, you, you have eyesight like me, there's three, you know, Mm -hmm. so your patients are hearing that. Why aren't they hearing it from you? So these are simple, simple steps to start unwinding that cubbyhole that you may have yourself in. It's not hard to get out of unless you don't change. You've got to change. Mm -hmm. So start Mm -hmm. looking at this different new patients, easy. They don't know any different new condition. Okay. Don't shortcut your care. They need an exam. Mm-hmm. Just be emphatic about it. You need to have an exam. You got a new, you got a brand new condition going on. Pull those x-ray reports, do those annual exams, and you'll pick these off really easy and start pulling your authority back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, staff meetings, because this is the other side of the ledger that you can't give up. You know what? Hold on. Before we jump to that, because because this is a great spot, but but I really want to dive into this next part. Let, let's throw a word in from our sponsor right here. It's a little early in the show, but let's let's come back and we'll really dive into this. So we're talking okay. about how to regain your authority and get over authority complex in your practice. Simple steps to get there. So we'll be right back. Here's a quick message from our sponsor, Cats Chiropractic Business Advisors. We'll be right back. Is your team dropping the ball? Do you have your go-to person who always has the ball? Is your team trained and ready for what daily practice throws at them? Can you depend on your team to catch the training on their own? Let us help you hit it out of the park. We We want want to be be your coach. coach. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the KC Carapults podcast. We're talking about how to unwind yourself from being in the cubbyhole of a chiropractic technician and how to regain your doctor authority with your patients. So Troy, we went through through some simple steps. I'm sure everybody's written them down. If not hit mm-hmm. rewind, listen to this again, but you're, you were starting to jump into the staff side of this. And I wanted to separate yeah. this a little bit because this part is so important. 
It is important. And you have a couple of factors when you do the staff side of this. Number one, they need training. But number two, as as Lucy used to say to uh, Ricky, or Ricky said, I don't know. I think Ricky said it to Lucy. You have some explaining to do. You know, I think that was not a very, <laughs> was it Ricky? Yeah. I'm not a very good Ricky, but uh, so you may have to actually explain to your staff why you've done what you've done and that maybe you didn't do as good a job as you plan to do in the future, that your commitment to patients has been renewed. Um, here's what we're going to do. But you have to present it to the staff in a way that they're going to come on board with you because they're going to, if you don't handle this the appropriate way, there's the staff are going to be the one that are going to have to handle the rejection. And you're not going to, you're not, they're not going to enjoy that very much. Mm -hmm. So it has to be well put together uh, from a standpoint of the staff meeting. In other words, you have to have written procedures. Now it does become very easy for staff when the doctor says unequivocally, if I haven't seen a patient in over six months, I'm going to do a re-exam on them. Mm -hmm. If I haven't seen a patient in over two years, they're considered a new patient. If I haven't seen a patient in over a year, they're considered a current patient, but I need I need a more established uh, or, or a higher level of exam. Mm -hmm. um, and if I have all that written out, it's just literally hanging there at the front, which my staff has. It's really easy for them to tell a patient, <clears throat> hey, here's what we're going to do. And if that patient says, well, I'll just go to blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, good luck. You know, quite frankly, yep. my whole process in my office is that I want patients that want the best care. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not necessarily the cheapest, but I'm going to make sure that when you do come in, you're going to get the best care and that you're going to get qualified care. In other words, I'm going to give you a good exam. I'm going to make sure that that exam covers all the bases, but you're going to pay for said exam. So as a result, if my staff understands that's how we do things, then there's no, well, this patient didn't really want to pay for the exam. And conversely, you as the doctor are also not walking up front and going, well, this guy lives five and a half miles away from me. He's kind of almost family member because he lives so close. We're not going to charge him today. You can't start that either. Nope. So you can't start the poverty complex slash uh, identity crisis that you create. Yeah. That's how you uh, get to that authority complex to begin with. Yeah. It becomes an identity crisis. You yeah. forget that you're a doctor that you're supposed to provide all this stuff. So those uh, are the things that you need mm -hmm. to talk with, with the staff. And then you need to have repeated follow-up meetings about that. That should be a small part of your staff meeting. It, once you start this for at least the next six months until everybody gets comfortable with it. Yep. Even if it's just a couple, three minutes, hey, let's reiterate, let's talk about, and here was a case that we had last week. How could we handle the verbiage on this a little bit better? It's because yeah. there is verbiage. There right? is. And it, and you've got to have a communication strategy. And so think of your staff as your success partner. In large part, they are your mouthpiece with patients. And so if you're talking to a patient about next time when you come in, we're going to do a progress exam and they go up front and they say something about, well, doc wants to see me for something called a progress exam. And the mm -hmm. staff says, oh, we hardly ever do those. Mm -hmm. The staff just, just yanked your authority right out from underneath you. So you right. have to be on the same page. So that when that patient goes up the front desk, the pay or the, yeah, when the patient goes up the front desk, the staff already knows before they get there, hey, Bill, we're going to do a progress exam next time. This is super exciting. We get to see where you are in care and how you, how you well you've progressed and what happens from here. Aren't you excited? 
And of course, the patient's going to say, yes, notice what I did. I got engagement from the patient there. So you mm-hmm. teach your staff these little communication strategies that just nail the process. So the patient's going, oh, this is the normal route. This is what I should be doing. Everybody's excited about it. I guess I should be too. And I just said yes to the entire process. So we must be doing this. This is mm-hmm. how you get your authority back. Your staff really should be there to help you with this. Now, mm-hmm. This takes practice. And, and Troy, you said it. you got to have this built into your staff meetings probably for the next six months where you're practicing yeah. this, discussing it over and over. So staff understands the importance of the direction you're going with your your um, your, your new procedures and so forth, yeah. if they're new. <clears throat> yeah. And so and they've the got to st- be bought into it. Right. Now, on top of that, communication-wise, and this was kind of our fourth point that we were talking about was communication. It kind of blended from staff into doctor. But if you listen to us on the last show, we talked about some things. We talked about like loss of disc height. We talked about uh, you know mechanical motion mechanical of discs motion. and deg and, and degradation to discs. We talked about Wolf's law of plastic deformation. We threw out some terms that you guys all remember from school, and maybe you're not using them every day. I will tell you that they're powerful tools with our patients. What you have to develop is your story, which is the chiropractic story. What happens when that kinetic chain no longer functions as it should? What are the steps that it goes through? And every one of you should be able to pull out a piece of paper and really quickly probably write down half a page of really nasty stuff that happens to the human spine when that kinetic chain falls out of favor with the human body. Yep. We all know what happens. Isn't that the story that you should be sharing with your patients? Isn't that the story? You remember the iceberg poster that people had hanging on their wall? Here's your pain. Here's your condition. Isn't that the story that we should be telling our patients is the real story about what happens? You don't see medical doctors or surgeons holding back when they say, hey, you have gangrene in your toe right now. Probably not any big deal. Don't worry about it. As long as it doesn't hurt, I wouldn't worry about it. Put some biofreeze we'll give on you it. Some biofreeze on it. Um, but what, what happens is, is they take it seriously and they say, here's what's going to happen long-term to you. And here's what the forecast you can look at 20 years from now. As I look with patients, I do the same thing. And I mm-hmm. start with that story up front. And you know why I do that? <laughs> I start with that story up front day one when I'm working with a patient with pain, because I want them to understand what type of practice I am. We're a health and wellness and maintenance practice. And what does that mean? Because patients have been in maintenance practices. Some of them say, well, yeah, I get chiropractic care once a month because it makes me feel better. <sighs> okay, well, th- my job's done, right? No, it's not done. They don't even understand really the actual benefit that they're getting from getting periodic care. Right. They it's just not think a, it makes them feel better. It's not a whoops, it's not about feeling better. I got excited there, fell off my desk. It's not about feeling better, it's about removing the cause. Of, of forces that cause the spine to fail ultimately. It's, yeah, that plasti- it's that plastic deformation when that kinetic chain is off of its normal axis yep. that leads to slow degradation of the spine, which ultimately leads to spinal failure. And, and I'm yeah. using orthopedic terms when I say that. You can go look it up in, in Spine Magazine thing. This is how the, yep. the orthopedists talk. It's about spinal failure. So yeah, this is how we need to be talking to patients. It's yes, what we do feels good. Yes, what we do, patients get up from the table and walk out and they feel great. And they come back periodically to get that renewal adjustment, as I like to call it. Yeah. But it's really about 
maintaining a spine in its normal mm-hmm. posture. I'm using air quotes if yeah. you're listening, so that we avoid as much of Wolf's Law's effects on the spine as we possibly can. Yeah. Did you guys grab that nugget? I mean, just like 45 seconds ago, you just nailed authority and chiropractic practice. I mean, nailed it like with a big old hammer, sledgehammer. What did you just say? You talked about talking in terms like an orthopedic surgeon. Why would he not be talking in the same terminology as an orthopedic surgeon about damage to the human spine? Are we dealing with a different spine? No, I'm dealing with the same one that that the orthopedic surgeon deals with when we can't have the effect that we want and they end up down a road where they end up having to have surgery, unfortunately. That does happen now and then with patients. Are we dealing with the same degradation, the same damage, the same loss? Absolutely, we are. As a cultural authority, I need to be talking about those things. I don't withhold and say, well, yeah, you've got a joint that's in or out of place. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to work on. How about we talk about what really happens? Yeah, it's how the same we, physiology. How about, we, how about we use the physiology and we start talking about the things that happen to the human spine? That was the might be the biggest caveat that you might have picked up today is use your cultural authority. Start using your big big boy and big girl words <laughs> when it's appropriate. Absolutely, that, yeah. it is appropriate. Yeah, it's patients a, we, need to understand why they're coming to you for care, and it you're treating the same osseous ligamentous structure mm-hmm. that that's exposed to the same physiological conditions and and so forth that the orthopedic surgeon is seeing. Yeah. You're seeing the same orthopedic, yeah. Your orthopedic surgeon doesn't dumb it down. Why would you? Yeah. You don't need to. I mean, yeah. Seriously. And as no. a result, if you're not going to dumb it down and you're going to start talking in those technological terms, guess what? When you start talking about an exam, number one, you better be on your A game when you do the exam. And number two, you better do an exam. Because yeah. now, now you're talking about a very important structure that requires interaction. And so now you jump in the middle of that. So practicing your communication with the patient is uber, uber valuable because it shows you as an expert in the field of what you are an expert in. My gosh, people, you're so good at what you do. Show it. Yeah. And we just came full circle back around to authority. Yep. And that's how you build and maintain your authority. So you stay out of the cubby hole. You've got to talk and act like a doctor. Do your doctor stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not a technician. Okay. And and if that's the kind of practice you want to have, again, we're not we're not thwarting your thought process. You know, I, I understand there are people who like to come in and just get a periodic adjustment and they feel good and that's great. Sure. However, you you can if you're wanting a different type of practice, if you're wanting a high-end, high impact type practice that really is making a difference in the community and in people's lives. And you really Mm -hmm. want to build that doctor authority up and lead your patients instead of them leading you. I, if, if I was in your shoes and I felt like I was in a little bit of a cubby hole, I would go back and listen to the last podcast and this podcast over and over. I'd sit my staff down and have them listen to it. And I would tell my staff, this is what we're going to do in our practice. We're going to start today setting strategies and putting action plans in place so that we can bring this kind of chiropractic philosophy into the practice and help our patients at a much higher level. 
Yeah. And if, we, and if we made you, if we made you angry today, good. That means that you're listening and that you're alive. And if you're listening and you're alive, we at least made you think about this because that's the whole goal. We're very passionate about helping chiropractors. We're very passionate about chiropractic. And I'm very passionate about philosophy as well, which sometimes grates people in a, in ways that you can't even imagine because there have been people mad at me. People either love me or hate me. You're, you're polarized when you listen to me talk about philosophy. But the truth of the matter is I'm passionate about chiropractic. So if Dr. Perush and I angered you today, Day, then we probably did our job. And our our job is to disrupt the common thinking process. Yes. And to help you just start to think in a different way. We 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 like to be disruptive. That that's what we want to do. We want to we want to help you think differently. We want to help you think on a higher level instead of just going in and treating patients every day, head down doing it the same way you've always done it. Maybe you've been in practice for 15 years. Maybe you've been in practice as long as we have. I'm not going to say how long that is, but our our whole goal is to just create some disruptive thought process. So if we push the envelope on you a little bit today and last, last time, that's good. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get you to open up and just think differently. So, you know, do us a favor. If you want to send us some thoughts, um, send them, don't send them to me. Send them to send them to Troy at cats get catsconsultants.com. Troy at catsconsultants.com. No, seriously. If you want to send yeah. us some thoughts and and maybe it's some ideas for some follow-ups to this podcast and mm-hmm. what more you'd like to hear, please send it in. We'd love to hear from you guys. That's our whole goal is to get you thinking. Yeah. So hopefully we put a lot of thought process in your head these last couple of weeks. And uh we'll come up with something fun next time as well. Absolutely. Troy, anything to add? No, I think we nailed it between last week and this week. Quite frankly, it, it, you guys take this information and go out there and I guarantee it'll transform your practices. Yes. Guaranteed. Much. Awesome. All right, you guys, if you haven't already, go to catsconsultants.com. We've got all kinds of things on there. You can there, There's some free downloads. You can see our events. You can see everything that we do for coaching and helping clients out there. And if you're ready to get on the path to profit, give us a call. We'd be happy to do a breakthrough call with you and just find out what's going on in your practice. We just love talking to you doctors out in the field. So, all right, everybody, thanks for listening to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants. We will see you next time. See ya.